0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I'm covering the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week 14 is upon us, and I am here to break down all of the upcoming games this week. We got a lot of a lot a lot of low totals, and we got the honestly it might be the worst Thursday night football matchup of the century. I am very excited to watch it, though. However, it's going to be a catastrophe. I cannot wait. And if you didn't know what game I was talking about, Patriot Steelers, awful. I'm going to give a blind recap of that very shortly. Uh, to start off, though, what was I going to say? Oh yes, my holiday giveaway. So I made the post. It's up there. Again, all you have to do is like the picture, share the picture to your story. A few people have liked it, haven't shared it. They're mainly my friends, so I'm just going to remind them to be like, hey, share this, you little dick. But uh, (laughs) I don't know why I said that, but either way. Um, Yeah, so still have a chance to win a jersey, obviously. I'm going to do the drawing on Christmas. And yeah, we will go from there. Uh, I guess first, let's start off with the Blind Thursday night football recap. Uh, Patriots at Steelers. And what else were we supposed to expect? This was the worst game on paper of the season going into it. And that's exactly what we got. Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky. I don't know what else we can expect. It was a very low scoring game. Went under. The under was at thirty and a half. One of the lowest scoring uh one of the lowest totals of the season. It was at twenty-nine and a half at one point this week, but it went up a little bit. But it's the bad game. A bad game, and somehow the Patriots ended up winning it. I don't know if I can actually say that with a straight face, but uh this is honestly a game where I don't know. It's gonna come down to defense, it's gonna come down to turnovers. I guess we'll see. Uh the Patriots, though, with were without Ramondre Stevenson. They were without Pop Douglas. They were without Kayshawn Boot. Uh doesn't really matter because their offense stinks regardless. Um terrible, terrible, terrible football game. So let's just get into the No, I gotta call something. I gotta call something here. I'm taking the under in this one, but I don't know. Like the Patriots could win this. I don't know. That's, that's ridiculous of me to say, though. The Pats shouldn't win this. The Pats shouldn't win. Pats plus five? Maybe. Ah, uh, I got no faith. Let's see Malik Cunningham play, please. Uh, okay, on to the uh, week 14 review. Starting off with Panthers and Saints. Uh, it's going to be... Actually, I don't even know. It says that... Jameis, or the Derek Carr, has been practicing. He's been limited. He's been limited with a concussion, rib, shoulder injury. Uh, I don't know how he plays, but uh, absolutely crazy if he does. Just play Jameis. Just let Jameis and Taysom run the offense. Like who The Saints, I don't know, just try to lose. Why are you trying to win the division? I guess they're kind of stuck in a purgatory, but the Saints should win this. I don't know why they wouldn't do, do they wouldn't win this one. Like the Panthers the Panthers have been playing slightly better. Like the offense not really with the defense has been getting better better. JC Horn is back. He has been playing very well. I'm trying to find a tweet right now about uh Dave Tepper, the Panthers owner, because he did something dumb again, he did something dumb, I think this is it, it is, uh, so yeah, sorry for the rambling, not really saying anything there for a bit, but I found what I wanted to talk about, so I talked about last week David Tepper, the Panthers owner, he likes to get in the mix, likes to get in the mix a little bit too much, uh, whether it be the one being like, no, I want this guy, I want, no, make this trade, blah, 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 or even he went up to Frank Reich this year and being like, hey, I like this play that the Browns ran. Let's let's run that. Uh, things that owners shouldn't be doing. It's meddling too much. Now, me, big NFL fan, if I were a billionaire owner of a team, I would also probably meddle. I don't blame David Tepper for what he's doing, but... Now this, this might be a little bit too far. Uh, So let me just read this here. Days before Thanksgiving, with the team spiraling and Young getting pummeled, Tepper told Wright to fix the rookie's footwork. Uh, Scott Fitterer and others had told Tepper that Young's feet were the cause of some of the Panthers' protection issues. They believed Young wasn't dropping back deep enough on his pass sets. Um, So just right there, the owner being like, you need to fix him. And that, it's, it's clearly, it's not... It's not Bryce Young's footwork. I think most of us can agree on that. And then the story continues. Tepper has been criticized for micromanaging and getting his hands on with football decisions. Prior to the 2019 season, he persuaded then head coach Ron Rivera to switch his 3-4 defense, which Tepper, or to switch his defense to a 3-4 defense, because Tepper was familiar with it when he was a part of the Steelers organization. Uh... He switched the whole man's defense just because he knew what was happening instead of a 4-3. The fact that Ron agreed to that is absolutely absurd, but I don't know. David Tepper can't get in his own way. I texted and move about that one, and it's just kind of like they might have the worst owner now that Dan Snyder is out of the league. Now, Dan Snyder, bad for a lot of reasons. He liked to meddle, but was also just a bad person. David Tepper's not a bad person. He's just a football fan, but you got to hire or you got to make sure the guys you hire are doing their jobs. You interfering with their jobs doesn't help the organization as a whole, but uh, did I even say the lines for this game? I did not. Total set at 37 and a half. Saints minus four and a half. Listen, the Saints are going to win. We can move on. Uh, next game up to Rams at Ravens, Ravens minus seven and a half total set at 39 and a half. Um, that's a low, it's a low total because the Rams, they got to score points if they want to win, but this is a very good Ravens defense. This is a very good Ravens offense. I expect the Ravens to win this one. I think that the Rams will fall back down to earth just slightly here. Uh, Again, but the Rams have been on a hot streak, a relative hot streak, but uh, with Kyron Williams back, Pukenuku is questionable, but he will play. Cooper Cup's been, I think, a little bit banged up, but he's, good. he's still playing. Like, the Rams, the Rams have a solid offense. I wouldn't say they have a great offense. They have a solid offense, but I don't expect the Ravens' defense to really break in this one or even bend, for that matter. Uh, I think, yeah, I think the Ravens win this one with relative ease. I don't think I'm going to, I think I'm going to avoid this one, but yeah, I, I mean, the Ravens are a top three team in the NFL, the Rams just, they're fine, probably going to be a playoff team, which is insane, but they're a fine team. Uh, next game up, Colts at Bengals, Bengals minus one and a half, total set at 43 and a half. Now this line shows me that... Uh, Vegas is believing in Jake Browning and Jake Browning can have another repeat performance of what he did on Monday night football there, absolutely stellar performance. Now, the Colts I won't call them a better team than the Jaguars. They have they do not beat them this year. They were close to beating them. This is a weird one. This is a, this is a big, this is a big playoff playoff matchup, too. The Bengals win this one. They have the same record as the Colts and I think that would mean they would jump ahead of them in the wild card race. Wild to say but the Bengals are still alive somehow. Even with Joe Burrow out for the year, the Bengals are still alive and I kind of like them. Like again, it all re- it all revolves around Jake Browning having that similar type of performance. He doesn't even actually take that back. Doesn't even have to be a similar type of performance. He just needs to play above-average, average, average, don't-turn-the-ball-over type of quarterback thing. Like, I mean, that game against the Jags, I think he missed, like, five passes. So, like, if he goes, like, 250 yards and one TD, that should be a winnable number for the Bengals here. The Bengals' defense did get gashed. They'll be looking to get, get going again against Gardner Minshew. But this Colts' offense has been... Also pretty good. Pittman's been good. They got Pierce going last week. Josh Downs has been very good as a rookie. Zach Moss has been the better back uh, than Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor out with his own injury. But this is a close one. This is going to be very important for the AFC wildcard race. If the Bengals lose this one, they're done. Playoffs, kiss them goodbye. They win this one. They're in the mix. They're in the mix. Colts, on the other hand, they win this one. They're into the divisional race with the Jags, now that Trevor Lawrence is hurt, but, uh, and we can get right into that game, Jags at Browns, total set at 31 and a half, Browns are minus three, let me take a look at, Trevor Lawrence is questionable, he was limited today, that, mm, I think he's going to play, I think that he's going to play through it, Browns minus three is a little... Nuts for me if Trevor Lawrence does play. I have faith. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one because the Browns defense that has been very, very good all year looked bad last week against the Rams. Again, Miles Garrett was banged up. He didn't make an impact, as much of an impact. Denzel Ward also missed the game. I should be looking at their injury report, too, instead of just Trevor Lawrence, but... uh. Let's see, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns. Uh, Denzel Ward was limited. Uh, Miles Garrett isn't even on the injury report, so he will be good. Amari Cooper's going to miss the game. If Trevor Lawrence plays, I like the Jags. Uh, This is big for them to keep that one game lead in the divisional race right now that and it will be big because it's going to come down to the wire because these other AFC South teams the Colts and the Texans they're fighting they're fighting for that last divisional spot uh I don't know I don't know if I trust Flacco to have back-to-back good performances I also don't think that uh the Rams defense is very good while the Jags defense is also not very good it's better than the Rams defense Uh, Josh Allen should be able to cause some havoc there, cause some disruption. I like the Jags. I like the Jags. I like the Jags if Trevor Lawrence plays. If he does not, who knows? Miles Garrett could have a field day, though, if Lawrence is just a statue in the pocket. But we will move on. Next game up, Lions at Bears. Lions minus 3.5. Total set at 42.5. Should be a relatively easy win for the Lions. Now, is that always the case? It isn't. Have the Bears been playing better football, basically, or better defense, anyway, since the trade deadline and since since Fields has been back? I think Fields came back. When did Fields come back? Yeah, Fields came back two weeks ago. They lost a close game to the Lions, then they beat the Vikings. Now they have a bye week. Now they're at the Lions again. I expect this to be another high-scoring game. I don't know why the total is so low. I think that the Lions, all the Lions do is they score points. It's the way that they win games, is score, 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 score. And I'm kind of back in on the Bears and back in on Justin Fields. He still has a lot to prove, but he has... Five more games to really show that the Bears, you trade away that first overall pick. I'm your guy. I don't even know if five games is enough to do that. But yeah, the Lions defense isn't very good. I have more faith in the Bears than I have in in the past. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think over. I think the Lions are going to win this one. And they should win this one. But I would not be betting the Lions in the spread because... They have been playing a lot of close games to a lot of bad teams lately. Uh, Next matchup here, NFC South divisional matchup. uh, Buccaneers at Falcons. Falcons minus two and a half. Total set at 40 and a half. Uh, The Falcons need to win this one to continue leading the division. The Bucs need to win this one if they want to get back in the division race. Either way, uh, a battle of two not very good teams. I don't think I have really much else to say about that. Uh, It's going to be low scoring. It's not going to be fun. Uh, I think the Falcons are going to try to run Bichon a lot. Baker's going to try to toss it to Mike Evans. (sighs) These teams they're not they're not original they're not creative we know exactly what they're gonna do week in and week out and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't. I guess we'll see this week uh, for my own sake I hope that the Falcons continue to win this division parlay would be very very nice to hit that's for damn sure uh, but yeah um, I don't know is there really any any stories to talk about? In this one? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh yeah. So let's just keep moving. Go go Falcons. Rise up or whatever the hell your slogan is. Uh Texans at Jets. Texans minus three and a half. Total set at 33 and a half. Another one of these games where Thanks, Jets, for showing up. I'm excited to see your defense play against CJ Stroud in that offense, but the other half just doesn't even matter. Will Anderson and Derek Stingley? That's actually no. I might tune in to see Will Anderson wreak some havoc. See Stingley cover uh, cover Garrett Wilson there. See Zach Wilson Zach Wilson back as the starter. See what the hell he does again if he does anything. I don't know. There's just I, there's nothing to talk about. The Texans should win this one. They should win this one. Fairly easily. Again, if you score more than 10 points against the Jets, guaranteed win. Uh, So yeah, it's going to be... It'll be a good test for the offense, and it's a nice uh, battle of former Niners coaches there. Uh, Salah was obviously the DC for the Niners. So was D'Amico after Salah left. I think D'Amico was the linebacker's coach while Salah was DC, but... uh, Nice to see the two guys kind of reunite there. Uh, Also, yeah, the player I was talking about when I couldn't remember, it was Adrian Amos, who the Jets cut and then the Texans picked up to learn what the defense has been doing. I mean, it doesn't matter. Defense is going to play their hearts out, but it won't matter like it always does for the Jets. Let's keep going here. NFC West divisional matchup, Seahawks at Niners. Niners -10 and a half, total set at 46 and a half. Seahawks played very good ball last week, but the Niners have been unstoppable. And I don't think that there's a better way to describe them. They have been playing the best football of any team has since they came back from their bye. Uh, the offense is clicking, the defense is clicking they do not have a weak spot. And I say that week after week, no weak spots for the Niners. If people get injured, and I should clarify when it's like, oh yeah, like their only caveat is like if one of their players goes out, like they're done. Where that's true for a lot of teams, but it's true for a lot of teams in the sense where, so for the Dolphins, if Tyreek were to get hurt, it would obviously be a massive loss. Our offense would take a hit, but our offense would still be pretty good. I guess that's kind of what I'm saying for the Niners, too. But I'm saying it more in the sense where I think if Brock Purdy gets hurt and Sam Darnold goes in, the offense still looks pretty good. But if Tua gets hurt and Skylar Thompson gets to go in, the offense looks terrible. But I think for the Niners, it's also true where if Debo, if Ayuk, if Kittle, if Trent Williams, if CMC, if any of those guys that get hurt the offense takes a major hit, where... And Brock Purdy, I don't think it takes, like... Like, the offense... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm just shitting on the Niners. The Niners are really good. Injuries affect every team. If any team gets hurt, it gets worse. Where for the Niners, they become... Instead of being unstoppable, they fall back down to the other team's levels, essentially. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Either way, um... A lot lot of talk about the Niners there. Seahawks. You got to win. You got to start winning some games here. The schedule, I think, for them doesn't really get any easier coming up. Uh, Yeah, Niners, Eagles, and then Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. It would be nice if you could somehow beat the Niners or the Eagles and then win those last three. Uh, I got some overs to hit on your win total. You have failed me, unfortunately, though. Uh yeah. And I think we can we can leave it at that. We can leave it at that. Uh, let's see if Gino can have back-to-back games. Let's see if DK can have back-to-back monster games. Usually doesn't happen. They got a lot of mouths to feed there in the Seattle offense and they usually don't. But all depends on Gino. All depends on Gino. Next game up here, Vikings at Raiders. Vikings minus 3, total set at 40 and a half. Uh, the Pasternot, Josh Dobbs gets his full arsenal in effect. Uh, Justin Jefferson is coming back this week. So it'll be nice to see what Dobbs can do with Jay Jettas and Addison and Hawkinson. I'll be in there to catch passes from him. I don't think it'll be great. Like Josh Dobbs is like a good quarterback. He is definitely going to get, he's it. If he wants to, he's going to be a lifelong backup in the NFL. He has he has earned that now after the way he's played this season, but I don't think he's very good. I don't think that Justin Jefferson coming back really elevates the offense a ton just because Dobbs hurts the offense still compared to when Kirk was there. Uh and the Raiders the Raiders' defense isn't great, but Max Crosby. I'm trying to talk myself into the Raiders. I don't really know why. Everything about me says the Vikings, the Vikings, the Vikings. And I'm going to stick with that, actually. The Vikings are the better team. Brian Flores is going to blitz the shit out of Aiden O'Connell. The rookie's going to get flustered. Uh, Their offensive line isn't very good. Going against one of the best pass rushers in the league, Daniil Hunter. Uh, It should be the Vikings. It should be the Vikings. But something tells me... It's going to be the Raiders. I might just avoid this game entirely. Um, yeah, this is another... This is a big game for the Vikings, actually. The Vikings need to win this to stay in the NFC wildcard race. That one's also heating up there between them, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Packers. Uh, yeah, we'll go on to... The next game, one of the best matchups of the week here. Bills at Chiefs. Chiefs minus one and a half. Uh, Total set at 48 and a half. And I'm going to start this one off with Sean McDermott here. Sean McDermott had a wild, wild press conference story that got leaked here. Uh... So I don't know when this was, but either way, I'm going to start off. At St. John Fisher College in Pittsburgh, New York, McDermott, McDermott's morning address became innocently enough. He told the entire team they needed to come together, but then sources on hand said he used a strange model, the terrorists on September 11th, 2001. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were all able to get onto the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. One by one, McDermott started asking specific players in the room questions. What tactics do you think they used to come together? A young player tried to methodically answer, uh, what do you think the biggest obstacle was? A veteran answered, TSA, which mercifully lightened the mood. Uh, so Sean McDermott is trying to get his players to play like terrace on the field really come together as a unit you know take down I don't know where he was going with that it's just a wild analogy wild wild to even get to that point to be like no we got to think like the terrorists and think how they thought and how they like they knew our defenses and what blah, blah blah uh wild story to come out I don't know when this actually happened but this is real this is a real thing that Sean McDermott tried to motivate his players by not even talking about, like, oh, the firefighters and the brave people of, like, who went to the burning buildings and blah, blah, blah. No, the terrorists who took down those buildings. Uh, Huge swing and a miss by Sean McDermott. Uh, Let's get to some actual game talk about this one. This is big. This is make or break for the Bills. They lose this one. I think the season is done. I think that there are enough matchups for them to basically keep them out of it. Uh, If I'm remembering off the show, the Browns play the Jags, and if C.J. Beathard plays, the Browns have a chance. Steelers play the Patriots. Again, I think that's a crapshoot, but the Steelers should come out on top. Uh, The Colts, Colts and the Bengals, that's a big one. Broncos and Chargers haven't talked about that one. And then the Bills. The Bills... If they lose this one, go to six and seven, a couple of those teams are going to win. It might be curtains. it might be curtains. Uh, but I think the bills are going to win this one. I think coming off a of bye week, I think that their offense has been looking good. They played a very heartbreaking game against the uh, Eagles there and I don't the chiefs offense has not been good all year. It's been average, it's been okay, but has it hasn't been what the Chiefs know. And this Bengal or this Bills offense has the ability to score on anyone and although the Chiefs defense is very very good, so is this Bills team. Uh, and this Bills offense. So I'm on the Bills in this one. I I'm not confident in the Chiefs. Really. I They're dropping out of my, like, tiers. If we're, like, tiers go Niners and then, like, Super Bowl contenders where it's, like, the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Cowboys. The Chiefs are teetering in between, like, those four and then teams like the Bills, the Jags, the Lions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm on the Bills. I'm on the Bills. I'm on the Bills and Josh Allen. This also the Bills winning does help. Miami's AFC number one seed race. However, it also allows the Bills to get into the playoffs, which I think the Bills still have a chance to make a Super Bowl run. They are that talented. They can beat anyone any given Sunday. They just had a lot of bad luck, a lot of bad football being played this year, but they are still a very good football team, and I'm taking the Bills this week. Uh, Next game up here, we have Broncos at Chargers, Chargers minus two and a half, total set up 43 and a half. I don't know why the Chargers should be favored in any game going forward uh, after that pitiful performance last night, like really, um, not last night, last week, but yeah, the Broncos, this is this is also loser leaves town. I think the Chargers are already kind of out, they're completely out of it, but They lose, they're done-done. The Broncos lose, they are also done-done. It has to be the Broncos, right? Like, better defense, the offense is at least, like, functional, where if you're telling me Pat Surtain's going to cover Keenan Allen the entire game and we're going to rely on the other weapons for the Chargers to do absolutely anything, I don't believe you. Uh... So yeah, I am. I'm on the Broncos in this one. I don't know why the Chargers are favorites. They shouldn't be favorites. They're bad. The Broncos have at least played decent football over the last couple months here. I mean, the Chargers have also played decent football, but six nothing against the Patriots is uh, is unforgivable. Really. So I'm on the Broncos. Don't trust Russ to cook, but I trust the defense to not allow Justin Herbert to cook whatsoever. So I'm on the Broncos. Monday or Sunday night football. NFC East divisional battle. Very big for the division. Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys minus three and a half. Total set of 51 and a half. Uh, I understand why the Cowboys are favorites after what the Niners did to uh, the Eagles last weekend and how the Cowboys have been playing. But if we remember I actually forget how this game went earlier in the season. Let me let me find that quickly. Uh, it was a close one. It was close, actually. Uh, but again, I think that the Eagles are the better team. And since that game, they've added Kevin Byer. They've added Shaq Leonard. Uh, Shaq Leonard should be active in this one. I imagine he's active in this one. Let's see if there's anything that pops up. Uh, blah blah blah. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Either way, Shaq Leonard's gonna play, and this is a game where this is a huge prove it game for the Cowboys. Like the Dolphins are also gonna have in a couple weeks. Here, this is where the Cowboys boom put up or shut up. You've been beating up on these tomato cans. Let's see, let's see you do it against a good team here. And I don't know if they're up for the test. I truly don't. I think that this Eagles team is going to be hungry and pissed off after getting embarrassed on the football field last week, embarrassed at the link, at home field. And they'll be going to Dallas. They'll be hungry. They'll be one in the win. And I think that they do come away with the W here. I might put together a Hungry Dogs parlay ala la Hank Lockwood of Pardon My Take uh, and ride with the Bills, Eagles, and Broncos. That sounds fun to me. Uh, yeah, this is a huge, I said, huge game for the division. If the Cowboys win this one, they are tied with the Eagles. And then I don't know how tiebreakers really work. This is also big for my division parlay where Eagles win this one. I think that they're comfortably going to win the division. So let's just win Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly baby. Uh, now on to Monday night football. And before I get to the matchups, because, and I said matchups, plural, There's two of them. That's what plural means. Plural means multiple. Either way, there are two Monday night football games. And, you know, oh, that's nice. You know, we get like a 7 o'clock, 7.30 game and then the night game. So they're a little staggered. Um, No, they both start at 8.15. So the NFL is taking a play out of the NHL's playbook and for some reason not staggering start times to get optimal viewership on the games. Uh, It is what it is. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Don't know why they're doing it, Uh, but we get two Monday Night Football games. I know which one I'm going to be watching, and it is not Packers-Giants. Packers minus 6.5 total, set at 36.5. Yeah, I uh, will not be watching this game because my team's playing in the other one. Uh, Packers have been on a roll recently. Jordan Love looks like a franchise QB, looks like he is the guy of the future for the Packers, which... Would absolutely be wild if they go from Favre to Rodgers to Love for the next 10, 15 years. Uh, Would be crazy. Would be a crazy stretch that only I think the Steelers could like match with. Because if you don't know, the Steelers have only had three head coaches, I think, in their history. With Chuck Knoll, uh, the white guy with a mustache. It's not Coward. It's not Coward. Because I know it's Colin Coward. Bill Cower, right? That's it. Yeah. Uh and then now Mike Tallman, three head coaches where the Packers three franchise QBs since the 90s, late 90s. Uh absolutely insane. Uh Giants Tommy DeVito, the story of the year, I think some could argue. It's a great great story, it's a fun story. Uh I just learned recently, so obviously Holiday season here. I was watching Home Alone with my girlfriend, but I was listening to the radio, and someone was saying, or I think it might have been on Twitter actually, but it was like, "Oh, do you know Joe Pesci better?" Or what nineteen nineties movie do you know Joe Pesci better from? Home Alone or Goodfellas, which came out in the same year. Uh, which also didn't know that by the way. But uh, obviously, I know Joe Pesci from Home Alone. But the point of that story was is to say that Joe Pesci's character name in Goodfellas is Tommy DeVito. Absolutely crazy that his parents would name him after, I mean, an Italian mobster from Goodfellas, but, uh, I kind of love it, kind of adds to the lore of Tommy DeVito, uh, with all that being said, the Packers are going to kill them. If the Packers are truly this team that we have seen for the last month, where they're scoring points, the defense is playing well, a Tommy DeVito-led offense from the Giants should be fairly easy to foil, uh... I will be tuning in to see the Italian man slice and dice like he does at the deli counter against the Packers, but love is good and Matt LaFleur has never lost a game in December. So I am on the Packers and last but not least Titans at Dolphins, Dolphins minus 13 total set at 46 and a half. Uh, I thought Derrick Henry wasn't going to play in this one. Apparently he's fine. Uh, however, Jeffrey Simmons is out. I wasn't worried about this game to begin with, but with Jeffrey Simmons out, that defense takes a massive hit. The Dolphins are going to absolutely crush this team. This Titans defense is not... It's still good, but now it's not very good without Simmons in there. Uh, We saw the Colts put up, I think, 35 on them last week. It was something 30s. Uh, Dolphins are going to score around that too. The Titans offense just does not... I mean, it is Tractor Cedo season, but I believe in our defense, in our ability to stop that man and that man alone, because I'm not worried about DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not worried about Traylon Burks or Chiggy Okonkwo. It's all about stop, stopping Tractor Cedo and Ty J Spears. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins, I don't know. The Dolphins are very good. We got this game and the Jets, and then we're finally on to our true test of the season. Playoffs start in two weeks for us. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for the preview. Let's get into my picks now for the pick 'em. Okay, time for my pick 'em choices. If you are new here, as always, I will give out a favorite, a dog, an over and under, and a money line dog. Starting off with my favorite, Dolphins minus 13. We're going to kill them. We're going to kill them by a lot. The Titans just lost their best defensive player. Going against one of the best offenses in the league. Um, And a big reason why this offense is having such a big turnaround is largely because of the offensive line. And I did not give him a shout out in the uh, preview there. But uh, fourth year right tackle Austin Jackson has... Fourth year? fourth-year right tackle, Austin Jackson has reached an extension, uh, three-year, $36 He has quietly been one of the best right tackles in the league so far this year after uh, a very tough start to his career, like Tua. uh, And Tua spoke about his contract extension today and was basically like, yeah, the coaching got in his head. They weren't positive. They were just kind of tearing him down and tearing him down, and it took frank smith and mike mcdaniel and this coaching staff to really build him back up again and look at him now playing like a top 10 right tackle in football uh this is a big big discount for the team if he continues to play like this now at the end of those three years when i think he'll be 27 uh sky's the limit on what that contract's gonna be but happy to have aj here for the next three years happy that he's a part of this team and dolphins minus 13 easy pick uh, my dog for this week, I am going with Jags plus three. And that's all relying on Justin Herbert. Not Justin Herbert. Trevor Lawrence playing in this game. I think if Trevor Lawrence plays, despite being injured, he will be okay. I think the Jags know that these games mean something playoff-wise. So, And Lawrence knows that. And he's going to be fighting through it. And the team's going to be playing hard. And I mean, it, you're going against Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, Noah Murray-Cooper. I know that the Browns do have a good defense but like come on Jags let's let's show let's show something here uh, so Jags plus 3 uh, my over over 42 and a half Lions Bears uh, I was talking with Keegan about this but basically over on Lions games is a lock for the rest of the year and that's why I'm making it the Lions defense absolutely stinks and they put up points like I think that the Lions can easily score more than 25 and thus if the Bears can just put up 15, they're doing their part. I mean, not really. I would still need more points. But either way, I think that both teams are capable of scoring in this one. So over 42.5, Lions-Bears. Under, I'm going under for tonight's game, Thursday Night Football. Under 30.5, Pat Steelers. This game sucks. These quarterbacks suck. These offenses suck. And the defenses are pretty good. So as long as the defenses don't force a ton of turnovers, this game should be under. But who knows? Who knows? If turnovers happen throw the under out the window I think and my money line dog I talked about them it's going to be the bills I believe in the bills still If the bills lose this one they're done their season is over bye-bye bye-bye Sean McDermott uh I say bye-bye Sean McDermott but the way that the coaching carousel is going and how many good coaches are actually available Sean McDermott might keep his job and he just might stay on the hot seat going into next year but uh yeah this is it for the Bills. This is it for the Bills and I believe that they will come out on top of the Chiefs in this one. Uh, That'll do it. My computer is doing the weird thing again where uh, it's being really slow to load so I'm just going to stop it here. If you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.